us manna from heaven. We thank you, Father, that this heavenly word is there to help us in everything that we need help in. It will never return to you and say, I couldn't accomplish that in that individual's life. I couldn't make that happen for them. But it will be a word that will prosper in us from day to day as we grow in you. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. <clears throat> so we're on page uh, 65 of the Prophetic People, Volume 2 book. And we're going to talk about the gift of the minstrel. The gift of the minstrel. That word minstrel really means one who makes music. It has to do with a musical ministry. <clears throat> and these are important ministries. How many of you know that there is a place in your soul that only a song can fit in it? Well, only a song can fit there. So that's important that you understand where to put uh, where to put things and, and what kind of music, I guess, to incline your ear to, especially after you're a believer. Because these notes and these melodies, the song has the power to evoke very strong responses in the human soul. So much so that you can go years after you've heard a song maybe a few times and it becomes what we call familiar to you. When we say familiar, that means that you let that song in. Amen. You ever get uh, somebody that you know, uh, a, a popular or favorite singer or singing group or something, and they've made stuff and you enjoyed it, and then while you're enjoying it, they come out with something new. Yeah. And you don't know where to put something new. You got me? Yeah. There's like a, a, there's a familiarity that we like for comfort reasons. And that's really one of the reasons for song is to comfort the human soul. And that never changes because we need that. And, and so you, you don't know where to put it. It's my song. Don't mess it up. You know, that's the way we feel because we, and, and you know, like if somebody gives a different version of it, then you really messed up then because they'd have messed your song up. Because in our souls, there is a place for a song to fit, and it serves a purpose for us that is personal, that evokes feelings, memories, thoughts. You ever have a song that, that you know, somebody done somebody wrong song? You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, my baby done left me. And you, that song ministered to you in that place. Now when they play it, you can't stand it no more. We all know I'm telling the truth. God created us with that apparatus for self-ministering. That's for you to minister to yourself to help your soul to stay right. Amen. Amen. It is true. See, if you think these things out, we ain't as spooky people as we think we are. We ain't as, I mean, we ain't as bad and as rough and as crazy and messed up as we think we are sometimes. Because God created us with certain abilities to minister. I didn't say heal, I said minister to ourselves. Okay? 
And when you minister, that means you take care of a need. You take care of a need that you have in your soul with the help of song. Songs are easily memorized and rehearsed. Uh When I was in high school, sometimes you had to get extra credit when you memorized. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was one of them kind of students. I I could do the work, but I feel like it all the time. You know, know, sometimes it gets real tedious and real boring, and you skip a few tests, and you just, oh, well, if I'm going to get my A, I got to make something up. And you go to teacher and cry, and they say, well, I give you so-and-so to make up. You know, memorize Beowulf. Or memorize Shakespeare, to be or not to be, that is the question, whether it's nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. You got me? And you memorize them things. You memorize Julius Caesar, Gallia est alist <laughs> in partes trace, quarum unum in colat belgae, alia maquatani, tertium qui absorum celtae nostra Gallia palantur. And you had to say it like you knew what you was talking about. You got me? Those things get lodged in. <laughs> Those things get lodged in in a place where it's difficult to lodge. Think if that were a song. Think of how they're, they're defiling the minds of our young people with songs that with strong beats that have an impact. The tempo... And the beat of a music has the tendency to either build up or break down walls. Did you know you can invade somebody's brain with the right sound? That's how people who brainwash people do it. You just, your will just relaxes or it just faints under the pressure. And you allow that to come in there so that it's heard. There are certain people in places... And authority figures have to be careful about things like this, is that authority can be abused in that it can be done in such a forceful way that the person's will is kind of paralyzed and they don't discern and don't know right from wrong or don't, can't say no, can't make a decision, can't make a choice anymore. And so we have to be careful with sounds. We have to care, be careful with all of these things. But music does have a ministry of its own to the human soul. And we can use that for good. <clears throat> Most times it is used for good. You know, there's nothing wrong with a nice love song between two married individuals. <laughs> you got me? I mean, that might help the marriage. You know, it might be on, on life support. And then you put on, you know, uh, what's, what's some songs? What's some of them songs they used to have? They, at, at like two in the morning, it was a DJ that came on and played them for, for lovers only. See, I knew y'all knew what I was talking about. Right. Be leaving me out here on no limb like I'm just making this up. Huh? And that kept the romance, Miss Pat turning her nose up. <laughs> Take my word for it, Miss Pat. <laughs> it was appropriate at the time. <laughs> you know, you didn't have a lot of ups and downs and turnarounds, and you need all the help you can get. For lovers only. That's right. 
And so songs have a way of ministering to our soul and <clears throat> to minister good things. Paul says, think about whatever's good, pure, lovely, a good report, thankworthy, praiseworthy. Lord, I thank God that I have a husband that wants to come home every night in spite of what I look like when the door flies open. He's just running here because he ain't got no place else to go. I don't care why he's coming, but he come home every night. Praise the Lord. See you You know, you dodged another bullet another day. Right. He didn't call you on that list of to-dos. You know, we talk about honey-do is baby-do list, too. You know, baby-do this, baby-do that. Hide the list. <laughs> but song has a way of ministering to the soul. Now, how does the minstrel folk uh, function? in the body of Christ and how does the minstrel function with the prophet's office <clears throat> in general the minstrel functions now the anointing for the minstrel there's different two really basic different anointings one is the uh, minstrel anointing the other is the psalmist the minstrel ministers to man about God And the psalmist ministers to God about God. You got me? How many times the psalmist will, will allow man to come into the presence of God? You'll see the psalms that, that talk about, oh, many are they that, that are rise up against me. You know, many are they that say of it, but the Lord my God is a shield for me, but glory lifter of my head, that kind of stuff. It gets to be a conversational thing with the psalmist. And so he ministers back and forth, back and forth, but his primary function is to get God's attention and answer on your problem. Got me? The minstrel functions <clears throat> to take you from the place where you are up into the presence of God, up into the now presence of God. So there's a little bit more strength required there for the minstrel. A little bit more free-flowing, what... People in the world call improvisation. It's prophetic playing. Right. Because those chords come from somewhere. You're not making them up. So more than likely they come from heaven. If it's totally somebody who doesn't know the Lord or is really soulish and, and there's no, no uh, purity and there's no holiness there, uh, that can get involved in the playing, it's not coming from heaven, but it's probably coming from a new creative place. We'll just put it that way. We won't say where it is, but it comes often from a new creative place. And so you'll see different forms of music come into being, and they tend to run in waves. You know, they, you know, they come in real slow and then they crest real high where it's very popular for a while and then it'll even out some. So, and, and it's kind of, you know, patterns itself after the sound wave, the way that, that music affects the earth. It comes in in a wave. It'll be a foreign sound to start out with and then more people catch on and catch on and catch on and like it and, and then it gets to be something that's pretty much well established. And you'll see it 
other sounds come in as waves, you know, where <clears throat> like in the in the 40s, like when my parents were young, uh, it was the, the swing age where there were big bands that made big sounds and it was very commanding and very important sounding. And then there, that kind of ebbed out and then <clears throat> jazz came in on top of that. And it was kind of a, a little cult following with jazz, always has been. But then the dominant wave came back again with rock and rock and roll, rhythm and blues, that kind of stuff. And so you'll see that in popular music, this, this wave of a little shallow pool, and then it crests up, goes real high, real popular, and then it flows back out again. But it's always there for people to enjoy. You'll find people a certain age can't get off of certain <laughs> sounds of music, you know. Like my mother would get up and dance sometimes when she would hear a certain song. You know, we never saw her dance, you know. And so, uh, you know, if it, her song came on and it was that, and we say, oh, mommy, you dance so old-fashioned, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it was, but it was, it created a sound that was familiar and pleasant to her. And she responded to that sound the way it made her feel. And so that is the way music is. So the minstrel has a, <clears throat> a job to hear from heaven what the people need to hear, whether they're playing for a prophet or playing for a congregation. They need to hear from heaven what the people need to feed that place so they can be ministered to. All of this done to let go of you and hear from God. That's the minstrel's main function, is to minister to your soul to get you to let go of that and hear what God. So he's, he's a disconnect minister. He wants you to disconnect from your problems, disconnect from your thoughts, disconnect from what you think is important, disconnect from what you think this person needs to hear, disconnect from what you think the congregation needs to hear, and pick up what God's saying. So they're very strong in, in helping prophetic <clears throat> ministry come in. Uh, their, their music creates an atmosphere to allow whatever ministry gift they're under function in their flow. Let me put it to you that way because they are gift specific. And so uh, uh, say if they're playing in a pastoral church where the pastor's the highest level gift there, they will flow in that anointing that causes the word to go forth that the sheep need to take care of spirit, soul, mind, and body for the rest of the week until they run out of gas on Wednesday come back for a refill on Wednesday and go run out of gas till Sunday. That's pretty much how it works. And so in, in if they're uh, with an evangelist, it will be uh, in, a, in a place where it will put even sinners comfortable. And that's somehow time where the edge in music comes from. Because you have to get it to the place where everybody there identifies and can let go of their defenses, their problems, their cares, their woes, and listen to the new message that's coming forth. So the gospel is always news to somebody. It's news to us a lot of times, and we've heard certain sermons over and over before. You always get something new when God's involved. And so <clears throat> what these gifts do is that they are specific to the anointing of the fivefold person that's over that meeting. 
and that anointing will carry. Now, the question is, what happens when there's no minister in the house? Like at a concert. Hmm? What do y'all think happens? How can he? But God has a structure and a system by which his people are ministered. It's fivefold, prophet. So what if none of them are there? You got it. No healings, no miracles. How many musicians do you know have a healing ministry? You got me? And we'll talk a little bit about that in the teaching. But it is not correct structurally as far as the church is concerned. Got me? Now, there have been some who also are called to an office, but don't step into it the right way. Hmm? Some of them are called to a ministry gift office, but don't step into it the right way. You got me? They haven't been released into it because they have not paid the price for it. And you get the results of a bargain basement ministry, for lack of a better term. Because if you haven't paid the price, you got everything you got on sale. Or you tried to steal it from somebody. So you'll get some smatterings here and there. Now, let me give you an example. And this is not to pull, talk about nobody, nowhere. But some of the music that we hear, especially these live concerts, the ones that are done in a church under the authority of one of the fivefold have a different anointing. They have a different level of ministry. They have a different everything than if they go out on the road and do their own concert. Most lose their taste for church once they get out there on their own because they all have a little rebellion in them. And they stay out there. Some of them do it out of ignorance. Some of them do it because they think the church doesn't pay and church people are cheap and the only way you can make money is you got to go out on your own. That's kind of a tradition with music people. And we'll see in a minute where that comes from. But the, the real purpose of the musician in the body of Christ is to minister in the house of God. That's your purpose. Unless you have a call as an evangelist and you stand in that office. Now there's some, some unusual Carmen is one. He stands in the office, but if you see Carmen, he's always got a pastor in a church that he's accountable. He ain't stupid. See, when you're a real minister, you realize the trouble you can save yourself if you've got people praying for you, supporting you, able to preach to you, able to help you, you need a lot of help. And because we're a body and we're all fighting the same devil and we're all working for God, there's no reason why a legitimate minister would not want to submit to at least pastoral authority. You got me? So Carmen is one who stands on his own in the office of the evangelist. And he is able to pull that load, so to speak, and get the fruit 
He's very structured in the way he structures his ministry. He works with local churches in different areas so that there could be adequate follow-up, adequate ministry to people. He doesn't try to do the whole show. And so his ministry is respectful of God's order, and that's why he gets the respect that he gets. You got me? So he's able to do those things. Not everybody's called that way. Not everybody's called that way. So usually what you get in these concerts is a mixture of a mixed multitude, so to speak. People have come curiosity. Some people really come and want God, but they're not going to get a decent altar call because that's very hard to get. So the altar call where they send you to a back room so people can one-on-one minister to you is the most correct for people in that type of venue. When you know there's a, a great mass of people there, and you've sung and ministered to them, if you feel that it's at the time to give the invitation, you give the invitation, then they need one-on-one counseling, teaching, so that they can understand what they're getting involved in, and they need a system to be referred to a local church where they can grow and they can have all of the things that... So that's why you see churches doing their own evangelical meetings. You know, we want people to come here when they get saved. This is how the church grows. This is how we build things. And this is how God does things. And so there must be a continual flow into discipleship whenever ministry goes forth. If it's a salvation ministry, we've got to feed them into a a body of believers where they can be discipled and they can grow and they can learn. And that's proper with the people of God. It is not proper to get a bunch of people around and sing church songs and then send them out of there. There's no ministry there. You got me? There's no ministry there. And there's nothing in my Bible that says we're to give Christian concerts. Now, people don't like that. But why are we doing this? Why? What's the, what's the goal? Are we trying to build God's kingdom, steal people from hell and get them over into heaven? If so, there needs to be somebody who gives that invitation and points them to Christ and can settle them so they can be planted and they can grow. That's got to happen. If you see the early church, they preached, they relied on the preaching of the gospel not fragmenting the tools that God has given us so that you put a song, a psalmist over here singing and then you got a preacher over here preaching and they can never come together to pull the people in the right way so that God can minister to them. And so this makes it very, very hard sometimes to get God's work done because this is a tradition, folks. If a, if a musician or a musical person thinks they have something, they want to keep it away from proper authority they don't want to operate under authority i'll give you a good example how many of you remember fred hammond when we went over to straight gate for his recording well prior to that the reason we were all anxious to hear what he was making that was new was that he was over at wayne jackson's church and made spirit of david remember and he'd had that 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 two two CDs had an order they had an organization they told a story and it was accurate and it was right and it was anointed Amen. he he left there and went to straight gate 
stayed there for a New York minute, and now nobody knows where he is in the process, divorced his wife, a bunch of other little nonsense things happened to him. But most people will tell you he was the most anointed on that work way back there. You got me? Same thing with um, Kirk Franklin. Now, people like his stuff because it's edgy. It's got an evangelical edge to it because it sounds just a a tad worldly enough to get their attention and lure their in, but for what? No altar call. You got me? And so we have to be understanding of what we're after. We're not after personal fame and recognition. We don't want to sell so many units. We don't want to get so much work done and produce so many songs and all this kind of nonsense. But we want to do what God has called us to do, and that is preach the gospel to every creature. You don't get up and entertain people and then give an altar call just to make it look right. You know? Well, let's just co-sign it with altar call, do our, our uh, uh, obligatory altar call, <laughs> you know, and nobody comes forward. Of course, you're not expecting them to because it's a concert after all. Most people would be too embarrassed to say they wanted God in a situation like that. So you work against yourself. And so all these things are important to know, folks, important to know, because we work in these things. We have to work with the minstrel. That's one thing the Lord told me. He said, I will bring people to you, many people, and they, you will have to work with the ones I send to you. And so that's always the challenge, see, is to work with whomever God sends. And we've been faithful with that. I think I have. I think we've only had, (laughs) we haven't had many people that we had to ask to leave because they were just here for the wrong reason. You know what I'm saying? Some people just are a little too religious and psychotic, borderline psychotic to, you know, to listen to you and do something with. And so, but you know, you reconcile with them, you mend fences, you make friends with people, you don't stay falling out with folks, you just love them, you know, and we keep on serving God. So the minstrel on page 65, the biblical minstrel was part of the company of the prophets. He's a part of something. He's not a gift independent by himself. He is a part of something. This is the body of Christ. We're all a part of the body of Christ. It is not certain if he was one of the singers, which would mean that he was most probably a Levite. You know, God pulled out a certain tribe to do certain things. He said the Levites, descendants of Levi, Jacob's second son, were in charge of the temple functions from doorkeepers to priests to singers. So there you have your ushers, You have your worship, and you have your ministry. If he were not a Levite, he could have been loaned to the Lord as a Nazarite or called to that specific ministry. Excuse me. The minstrel was most likely trained by the prophet as he was able to accompany him and help his ministry. So these people are helpers to the ministry. They are not a ministry independent in and of themselves. 
We got to understand that because sometimes some of the music that we hear, and I'm talking about Christian music that's popular, has no usable anointing for a congregational setting. There's no usable anointing for a congregational setting. And so that's why I've always been uh, particular about what's played. Now, I used to be I kept up with everything these young people listened to, and I didn't let them play nothing unless I approved of it first. Because why should we sit and listen to your torture chamber music that you like when it's not appropriate for lifting up a congregation into worship? You, You know what I'm saying? It can either go high or it can go flat real quick. And so we have to be careful of where the music comes from, who's uh, creating it, and the anointing that it carries, you know. And so we we have to really be specific about that because it might be pleasant to listen to in your car, but it's not going to lift 30, 40, 50, 100 people up to heaven because it's not made for that. So you have to make sure the music that you are playing is made for what you are trying to do. got me? So, it says in 2 Kings 3, 15, 17, describes the relationship between the prophet and the minstrel. He says, but now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. So this is, let me see who this is, Elisha. He was... uh, Elijah's servant when people were uh, connected with a man or woman of God they start out first serving and that's what you all need to understand that we are a service organization the church is period we all serve you got me so it's not just you serving me but I serve you as well you got me so when we serve one another and esteem one another highly for the work's sake you have to do that. You've got to look highly upon God's people for the sake of the work that we're called to do. Amen. My goodness, if you don't trust God's people, you, you can't trust them devils out there in the world. Amen. Now, you may think you've got a beef against the church, but you get out there in the world and try to survive on some of the stuff that we've had to deal with, you know, over the years as believers. Amen. You know, sickness, rebellious children, runaway kids. Kids that, you know, runaway husbands, runaway wives, all that kind of stuff. You get out in the world and try and deal with some of that stuff and see how far you get. So you have to always hold Christ's body in high esteem. High esteem. Now, I'm not talking about just lip service and grumbling in your head somewhere, but exalt people to the highest level. Because we all have great potential in Christ, and many of us have great results even now. And so we have to understand that, that what we carry to value, number one, you need to value what God's put in you. I think if you value what he's put in you highly as a new creature, you know what I'm saying? Then you'll, that'll reflect more outside of you to value others as well. And so Elisha was... was uh, the the one who was called to double 
what Elijah did. He wanted a double portion. So you'll see, I always say, if you look at Elisha, you'll see his anointing maxed out. You'll see probably the maximum of the prophet's office when you look at his ministry. You got me? And so that's a good example for us to look at. So we see the example of the minstrel here. And he says in verse 15, in verse 14, Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee, but now bring me a minstrel. In other words, I care nothing about you. See, that's how quickly God will flip the script on you. You got me? You'll have to minister to them anyhow. But you have to get yourself to a place where you can hear from God. And this is why he uses the minstrel. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason. Oh, the prophet's ticked off. Let's go get somebody to play music. But that's what it is here. That's, you understand? That's why it's called for here. And so this is something, too, that works when the prophet can't hear clearly from the Lord and they will respond to music. Now, not all prophets respond to music. Some of them will just pray in tongues until they get it. Or some of them, everybody has their little quirky way of, of reaching God. You got me? And so you, you have to understand that. And, and, but the minstrel is key oftentimes for unlocking the word of the Lord. If they know how to work with a prophet, you got me. They know how to serve that person, how to minister to them. I can't tell you the number of people that we've had who would come. They are worship leaders and God wants to make them minstrels and wants to make them servants of the prophet. But they're too proud to do what you ask them to do. Once they get in that pulpit, it's just some of them turn into, you know, not minstrels, minstrels, monstrels, you know, because, <laughs> because they'll, you see that, that neck recoil and get stiff and that little snake come up. And I say, you better say what I told you to say. You ain't coming back here no more. You better work with us. You know, I mean, you try to talk to people and get them to understand we're working here. This is not your show. You know, if it's your show, I'd be the one coming to do what you tell them to do. So. You know, I mean, they try to act like you don't know what's supposed to happen. Like they just come in with the happenings on them. You know, I mean, seriously, if God's given you a ministry and a gift in an office and you don't know what's supposed to happen, come on now. You waiting for somebody to drop out of the sky and tell you what the meeting's supposed to be about? Get real. And that ain't saying I know what it's supposed to be about. I know he's going to tell me, though. And if I don't quite get it, I can pass it off to somebody that he says to pass it off to, not just anybody coming up out of the audience. Come on, folks. You get some crazy people that come to your meeting and think they're there to tell you something. You know. I said, I know why God has you have meetings. He has you have meetings to help people like you. Go sit down. They always want to pray with somebody, lay hands on somebody and... You know, in the world, that's called assault. Yes. Amen. I think I'm going to get some assault. No. <laughs> I'm going to get some warrants to serve people. You know, it's, we just appoint a couple of sheriffs in the meeting and have them serve warrants on. You've been arrested. You're assaulting. If I come up to you and do this without your permission, that's assault. 
Huh? And you have many witnesses for that kind of stuff. Huh? Let me get back to where I was. Tired of all these trespassers and renegades. And they ain't never been under nobody's authorities. Halfway didn't let their mamas raise them. Most of them just need another, just two more good whoopings. You know what I mean when I say a, either a black man or a black woman spank you real good. Or whooping, you know. You know, they, they'll, they'll tell you they're going to kill you about 50. I'm going to kill you, and you think it's going to happen. You know, you straight up so Boy, I kill you. You know what I do to you? I... And you... That's what they need. Most of these false ministry people coming in there trying to blow up somebody else's meeting. Huh? They just need to be taken out in the bathroom and whoop real good. Mm -hmm. You better call your mama. Because you're getting ready to get one now. Huh? I would love to do that. One good time. That's one good time before the Lord comes. <laughs> That's when he comes, won't be no more whooping, won't be no more bad people. <clears throat> Everything will be in order. And he says, he says, not if it weren't for the fact that I regard the presence of the king, I wouldn't even look at you. So uh, since I'm in that kind of mood, let's have a little music. <laughs> but now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Yes. And he just told this man off. Yes. You mean God uses you? Yes. Uh, the key is right here. Yes. Verse 15. But. Right. Yes. That's the change of mind followed by the change of heart. You got me? That's repentance right there. Huh? Repent within you. And you confess to God later <laughs> or sometime. But you need to get that off your soul. You need to get that gunk out of you. Because it can't stay there and reside and you be a proper minister. We're constantly being cleansed. Constantly. There's stuff in us <clears throat> doesn't get revealed simply because we haven't been in the right circumstance to have it revealed. But here this prophet gets under a little pressure. See, that's all it takes is a little pressure. To squeeze out of you what you think is not there anymore. A little pressure. A little pressure. A little pressure. And he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Amen. And you know the rest of the story. And so when we when look at the minstrel's ministry, he was able to bring that prophet out of himself Himself didn't want to be bothered with this guy. Himself didn't want to get the word of the Lord. Himself didn't want to be involved in this process at all. And sometimes this is the way it is. You can be walking in, <clears throat> in a portion, I would say, of the spirit or a portion of spiritual authority or a portion of the anointing for your office, but not in it to the full where the word of the Lord can come to you. You got me? And God wants your full attention. He's got to have your full attention if he's going to speak to you and speak through you accurately. Amen. What you want as a minister, as a believer, 
as one who prophesies, as one who carries out the believer's ministry, you want the word of the Lord, you want your ministry to be as accurate as possible. And in order for that to happen, you have to be able to hear God clearly. And in order for that to happen, you have to get outside of yourself. You've got to get your personal feelings for this person out of the way. Because you can tell them things that sound so wonderful, God will never do them. I don't care what kind of, you know, covenant you have with God and none of my words will fall to the ground. Of course they'll fall to the ground, you know, because we say things sometimes that aren't correct and aren't right. You understand what I'm saying? There are certain people that do carry a level of integrity in God. Even sometimes their near misses get to be accurate after a season. You got me? Sometimes you'll deliver a word and the total opposite happens immediately after you deliver it. That doesn't mean it's not going to conform to the standard of the world at some point. And so we have to be careful judging fruit and results too soon. Judge nothing before the time. Sometimes that time to judge some words, whether they will come to pass or not. So he says, you shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water that you may drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. So he had a good word for that person, a peaceful word for them. The minstrel would begin to play his instrument and would reach a certain tune or chord, which enabled the prophet to hear from heaven and receive the word of the Lord. So that's what you want. That's the whole purpose of this. Get your entertainment elsewhere. You got me? We have a function here. Now, it's not that it's going to be unpleasant, but it's something that is not there purely for entertainment purposes. And this is where the great divide in the body of Christ will come. It'll be a divide between people who think praise and worship is something just so I can get up and dance, or I can go through my thing, or I can feel good. <clears throat> and I can, you know, be the one who dances better than somebody who can't dance as well and all this kind of stuff. And so we have all these selfish ideas involved when we think about that. And so when you talk about somebody who's playing the same chords over and over again for a half hour and then somebody sitting there trying to figure out, if, do I jump in? Is there a word coming? What do I do? If it doesn't come, Lord, what am I going to say? I'm going to be embarrassed. I told this guy to play this thing, and now I look, they're looking at me like, do I have something? I don't have nothing. Is it coming? Is it not? This is what goes through my mind. I don't know about anybody else, but it sure goes through my mind when this whole process starts. Why? It's a faith process. Amen. We're out here by faith, Amen. believing that if God has a specific word for us, we give him every opportunity to speak to us. Amen. Amen. That's why I don't have nobody in the kicking babies on the front row. I don't have performers on the front row. I get away from people. You know, you can just tell them when they, you know, when they come in, what kind of spirit they have. Or you know what they're going to try. And they always want to sit next to you so they can prophesy. They want to prophesy to the person in charge. I don't understand how this happens to people, but the devil uses them to do it. We've had to do everything but put, put armed guards on the first two rows. That's why we have almost nobody sitting on, on them now because we have pretty much cleaned them out. People don't come and sit up there. 
you know, thinking God's called them to do something and they got to sit on the front row. We, you know, we don't have them kind of people anymore. Praise God. I mean, it, it's, it's embarrassing for them and for us to have to deal with this kind of stuff. I don't like entourages because the devil's always behind it. You know, if, if you as a man or woman of God can't come in with one person, you know, somebody to assist you and help you or alone, why do you need five or six people to come with you to minister? And you're supposed to stand in an office where Jesus puts you there. Why do you need all this, you see? And so you have to, I mean, there, <laughs> I mean, you know, over the years you learn. You know, you used to think, well, you know, well, this is nice. They're bringing people to the meeting and all this kind of, and you have hell to pay because they want to sit on the front or the insecure wife that don't want you sitting next to her man. And I want to say, honey, listen, I got shoes older than him and you put together. And I think I'm wearing them tonight and they tight again. Don't mess with me when my shoes is tight. I'm like, lose my salvation when my shoes get tired on them. Mess with me. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, the devil can set it up, and, and you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> how long y'all been married? Oh, seven years, honey. Wait till you done 22, 25 in the big house. Then come back and talk to me about not sitting next to your man. Which one of y'all in charge anyway? Uh, you know, that's exactly why I sit the speaker over on the other side. I have my own little corner. I've learned over the years, if I'm going to do this right and I'm going to hear from God, I can't have no shenanigans up there. On the and then the wife brings the kids because they think they're cute, you know. It's a whole different prayer we got to pray. You don't know if you want to pray for the baby ugly or you want to pray for the meeting. You know what I'm saying? Just a thought. Might be cute to you, but right now he ain't cute to me. I got a meeting to do here, honey. I got, I got people in here that's come a long way, some of them, to hear the word of the Lord, and they're serious about hearing God. I could care less about you or your baby. In fact, both of y'all get out of here. Because I have put pay people out in their babies. Huh? Amen. <laughs> bring me a minstrel. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> bring me a little help. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's fleshly nonsense. You know, it's just a hindering spirit. The devil will put it on anybody who wants to wants to get in the flesh. So, <clears throat> so anyway. A minstrel was most likely trained by the prophet, was able to accompany him and his ministry. And we talked about that. It says a minstrel would begin to play his instrument and would reach a certain tune or chord which enabled the prophet to hear from heaven and receive the word of the Lord. It never tells you how long this process goes on. And that's the one thing that will beat you up mostly when you're trying to hear from God is the time factor. If necessary, the prophet, prophet may direct the minstrel to repeat a certain phrase or part of a song over and over again if it stirs the gift of prophecy within him. And so mostly when I work with now different people, I work with differently. I work with 
Bishop Russell, if I tell him, play a certain song, it's because it's stirring in me or God has told me that to tell him to play that and I do it by faith. I can work both ways. And, you know, sometimes people want to make sure that they're going to get something if you play that because, you know, it just strikes something on the inside of you. You know, there's like an inner strum, you know. And that's one of the definitions for the word minstrel. It means to strum or to thumb, broom. And so <clears throat> many times that will go off on the inside of me. And I said, oh, God's going to say something here. But I can't jump the gun and try to make something up. You got me? You have to wait for the word of the Lord. And so he says, as a prophet begins to prophesy, he may or may not wish the music to continue. Now, there was a time when I could not speak when music was playing, but I've disciplined myself to be able to speak and to can't. Can't sing. <laughs> so it says, once the gift is stirred, the word is received and the prophet will deliver the word. Sometimes that's all it is, is one word. And I'm telling you, it's hard to sit there and want to give a message and you say, and the word of the Lord is peace. And that's all you got. <laughs> so you just have to keep working peace until you get something else, you know, and then you'll know when you have a whole message. And sometimes God will give me enough message where I hear it on the inside of me that I get confidence to, to go with that. Now he'll do that for rookies. <laughs> Baby, baby prophets, you know, to a degree, he'll help you out. But pretty much you don't need to hear a whole sentence or hear much in order to go with the rest of it. There is more coming. If he gave you that, he'll give you more. You're not going to look too stupid to people, but you know what I'm saying. So once the gift is stirred, the word is received, and the prophet will deliver the word. This interaction is not for entertainment or even for worship per se but it is a device employed by the prophet to contact heaven. So it's a tool. It's not the thing. If you told most musicians they were just tools for God, they'd hit you upside the head. I know what I carry, and I'm this, and I'm, you know what I'm saying. You don't want to insult people, but it is a tool. You got me? And you can't just turn the whole service over to somebody that has a tool to help you get the word of the Lord. There's a message God wants to give his people. It works the same way now. This is not merely an inspired message, but the actual word of the Lord. Now, an inspired message is one that comes freely flowing from you that has a, a scriptural basis to give you understanding. For instance, preaching. When you preach a sermon, those are inspired messages. You can have notes and so forth, but your actually delivery is from, by inspiration. It's God-breathed. And so God gives you a certain concept, and then he, and that's the delivery, you see. So I can have good understanding of Scripture, and I can have all those things, but until it's God-breathed and inspired, it's not going to help you a whole lot. It's like talking to, say, a Jehovah's Witness or somebody who just knows Scripture and can recite them but is not inspired. When it's God-breathed and inspired, there's life on it. It's appropriate. 
it edifies, it corrects, it does a lot of things while it's working in the atmosphere. But the word of the Lord is different. So preaching is different than prophesying. Amen? Different unction, different purpose to the message. All of that's different. It says, <clears throat> this, this ministry has continued through the ages. Now, the medieval minstrel, you know, the one that goes through the little, he's got the little mandolin or whatever he does, and he goes through the town strumming and all that, that derived from the prophet's minstrel. Yeah. That happened as a result of minstrels not staying with the church or perhaps there was such persecution against the church, the whole system was broken down. But these people still had gifts. I mean, gifted people are always in the earth where God can grab them, save them, employ them, and use them. So there never will be a, 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 a scarcity of gifts being born. They're always being released in the earth. And so these gifts then got out from under the authority of the church, and that's how your nightclub singer, so to speak, came to pass. Or your singer that sang for money, because oftentimes these people were itinerant. They went from place to place and town to town, and they always had a little container there or something for you to throw that money into, and they expect to be paid for that. Now you got people with contracts and recording contracts and all that kind of stuff. So the gift is, now the gift's running rampant in the medieval <laughs> period. So the gift then got medieval, y'all. So medieval minstrel is thought to have had its origins with the biblical minstrel as their ministry has some similarities. And with the Roman, these were called histrions, the musical historians in Rome and others of the bards of Gaul and Germany. So in, in, in uh, uh, Italy, they were called, in the Roman Empire, you know, the Roman Empire stretched all the way to Gaul. That's what I told you in Latin when we first got started. So if you were paying attention, you knew that. <laughs> Gaul is now France, okay? So it, it really stretched a long way from Italy all the way over to France. So they were histrions under in the close to Italy and when you got over into Germany, which was where it stopped, they were called bards. Now, how many of you know Shakespeare was a bard? Absolutely. So he was able, Shakespeare wrote, his, uh, his plays were all poetry. They sat him up that way and they could be sung or they could be read, but with a rhythm to them yeah. so that people would remember them and enjoy them. <clears throat> so they, all of this derived from the minstrel's ministry. Since a min biblical minstrel draws his anointing from the prophet's office, there has to be a legitimate five-fold office for the anointing to originate. The Holy Spirit, like it or not, cannot just come in and take over in the absence of a five-fold ministry gift. Just cannot. Other than that, we'd have renegade meetings all over the place. People wouldn't get helped. There's no what we call covering, and that's a legitimate use of the term covering. Yeah. There's no protection against spiritual wickedness in high places for that meeting. So you can wind up fortune-telling. You can wind up doing a lot of erroneous things simply because there is no proper covering, no proper church authority there. And so... <clears throat> 
He says the biblical minstrel draws his anointing from the prophet's office. In the absence of the prophet, this gift will not have the same impact, but there's similarities. See, the gift works, but it doesn't work for God. It works, but it doesn't work to the capacity that it would work for God. They can sing and they can play music, but there's no anointing there to help people to hear from God. That's what we want. We want to hear from God. The medieval minstrel traveled from city to city looking for a permanent place to minister. They were also known as troubadours. In fact, kings would all often keep troubadours, minstrels, jesters, they call them, those kinds of people, fools, somebody to make them laugh, to elevate their mood. They would keep people like that around them. And so these traveling minstrels always look for a place where they could come. See, a gift needs to have a home and a gift needs to have a purpose. And so they would wander and wander and wander looking for a home and looking for a purpose without finding one because they didn't find God. But they were, they were uh, the troubadours sang songs about the miracles of saints. So here you have the religious spirit singing stories of scripture. So they were able, they were knowledgeable somewhat in the word. They would tell those things and legends of later heroes. So you see it's getting more and more secular as, as it leaves the, the uh, protection of the church. It gets more secular. As you can see, without the leadership of the prophet, the minstrel was left to attempt his ministry without the anointing and purpose that gift in, that, that gift in the man of God provided. He was a gift without a proper training and development. It appears that the gift of God without development and placement found its place in the world or church without the proper spiritual development. The minstrel's message became more secular with feats of agility and drama added. So this is where you get the, the play or the drama with, or the musical with, with uh, it's what's added there. This last kind is perhaps the minstrel show. The last, last of this kind was perhaps the minstrel show that was a part of the American vaudeville form of entertainment that lasted into the second decade of the 20th century. So in, in, when you see in the vaudeville era, they began to add abilities, physical abilities like dancing as well as singing so that people would be totally entertained. But you can see how this gift is still roaming around, you see. Uh, gifts never leave the earth, but without the proper development and training. And you see how we tolerate a lot of gifts that, don't, that aren't placed properly. You got me? There's some gifts that really do belong in the church and don't need to leave. Now, you've seen what happens to people who get their beginning in the church and then start merchandising a singing gift, you see what a difficult time they have even staying alive, most of them. People wonder about some of the gifted musicians and people that we've had throughout the ages that die early, take drugs most of the time, die young, don't continue. It's this kind of thing, folks that there is a call there, there is an ability there, there is a gift there, and I don't care what your gift is. It's better consecrated to the Lord. That's where it's going to see its greatest impact. That's where it's going to see its purpose. That's where it's going to last. That's where it's going to see its fruit. And that's where they w there will be contentment 
in the, in the vessel to do what God wants them to do. So why don't we take our quiz and we'll do our thing.